Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couch Talk. I am Dr. Anna Kabeca, and I am so glad to be here tonight with my guest all the way from Australia, Michelle Kenway. And we, were going, we are going to be talking with you about pelvic exercises and how we keep our pelvic strong and supportive of us throughout our life, no matter where you're starting at right now. We want everyone's um, the core, the essence of who we are, the essence of our, our good part of our um, gynecologic complaints to be strong and really put that back in your control. So many women deal with incontinence, um, relaxation, uh, sexual dysfunction, and increasing the strength of the pelvic muscle is a really important key. And Michelle is going to tell you a few things that we may think we're doing to strengthen them that are actually weakening them or hurting us. So I um, welcome everyone to Couch Talk. And for replays of the event and for more and prior Couch Talks, visit www.cabecahealth forward slash Couch Talk. Now, just so everyone knows, a quick disclaimer that we are providing information for your educational and informational purposes only, and that we are not intending to be diagnosing, treating, or be a substitution for your medical professional. So please be aware of this disclosure and any questions or concerns, always address them with your primary professional, um, medical professional. All right? So no more ado. I want to introduce you to the lovely, amazing Michelle Kenway. Now, first, I'll tell you that I have been searching for a pelvic floor, you know, um, expert, an expert in sexual health, an expert in pelvic floor exercise, and I came upon Michelle Kenway's name in a various ways, even from referral from Lilo.com, and, um, and Michelle has a fantastic background. She's very unique in that uh, she ha is a pelvic floor physiotherapist, and there are very few of these in the world. She's also the author and internationally of the internationally acclaimed guide to um, women's exercises called Inside Out, the Essential Women's Guide to Pelvic Support. Now, she's made this available to you later on in the presentation, so stay tuned because we'll give you the link where you can download a, um, an, a ten, her key 10 pelvic exercises. Is that right, Michelle? <laughs> Point, yeah, the points for strength exercises, so that, that will be there for download too, Anna. Okay, great. Thank you. Michelle, come on and tell us about yourself and where you're from and what brought you to this very, very unique and specialized field. Well, hi, Anna, and hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me on your show. It's such a, a privilege to be here. I'm really uh, very excited to to be presenting to you uh, this week in World Continents Week, which is a very, it's been a big event in Australia. We've had um, lots of seminars and presentations going on to promote pelvic health and pelvic floor health. Uh, my background is that I'm a, I was a musculoskeletal physiotherapist, and I'm, um, I, that, that means a hands-on physiotherapist. And then I had two big buffy boys and realised I had to go and strengthen my own pelvic floor. And there was limited information about that, so I went back to university and retrained or trained as a pelvic floor physiotherapist. And that means that in my work I 
see women treat women for various pelvic floor problems before and after their prolapse surgery with pelvic pain, with incontinence issues, um, and also to helping women to exercise safely with prolapse or um, with pelvic floor issues, and particularly women before and after surgery. So that's where um, I was working with uh, Dr. Judith Goh, who is a urogynecologist here in Australia, and she operates um, in uh, Africa on a lot of fistula patients. And we realised that there wasn't uh, quite enough information about for women post-operatively and women who were suffering these types of issues about pelvic floor strengthening and about pelvic floor safe exercise, and that's how the book came about. So, yes, so I'm a mum, I'm an active mum, and I'm really passionate about helping women to exercise and exercise safely. So it's a privilege to be here, as I said, and, and talk to your listeners about that tonight and give them some tips about how to strengthen their pelvic floor. Fantastic. So, yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Really, it's an honour to have you here. Now, you. Um, you want to go ahead and start? and Well, tell us about so what brought you to write the, your guide, your Inside Out Pelvic Floor Exercises Guide. Okay, so that that was really um, I had I had also gone back to university and done a postgrad in women's exercise. So I did two postgrads, and with the combination of those knowledge, I, knowledge I, I realised that there was a big issue with the type of exercise that women women were performing for their general fitness and health. A lot of core work and a lot of exercises that were potentially impacting upon the pelvic floor and actually making pelvic floor problems worse. So. That's when seeing women post-operatively go back into gyms and go back into exercise programs and sometimes having failed surgery as a result, we realised that there needed to be more information and education out there regarding, um, regarding pelvic floor strengthening and regarding pelvic floor safe exercise. So that's really how the book came about. Um, yeah, so um, would you like me to start through and show you some of these slides, Anna, and talk to you a little bit more about um, pelvic floor strengthening, about the pelvic floor. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Okay. So what I'm going to do, and I'm just working through some slides here, is just to get going onto the pelvic floor. And if I can just bring this slide up, it's going to be good, Anna. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just trying to move through there. Okay. So if we look at the pelvic floor for starters, and this is an image of the, pel the female pelvic floor, and I think it's essential that ladies understand where the pelvic floor is before we start doing exercises. Um, as I, I think I mentioned to you that sometimes patients come in and they think they're going to be doing exercises on the ground because they're called pelvic floor exercises, but it doesn't mean that at all. It's the floor is the base of the pelvis. So if we look in this um, illustration, on the right-hand side, you can see a little bone at the front. It's a pubic bone at the front. And in the grey, there's the pelvic floor muscle slinging underneath to the tailbone at the back. And these muscles are like a mini trampoline in that area, and they support, you can see them supporting the bladder, the uterus, and the bowels. So they have a really important supportive function, and they have a really important um, sphincter function as well as sphincteric function in that they help us to keep continent of, um, for our bowel and our bladder. And as you mentioned, they also have a very important sexual function for um, a female sexual arousal and the experience of how much sensation we actually feel during intercourse. So this sling of muscle, hammock, uh, hammock of muscles, has a very important role for a woman's overall um, health and well-being, her intimate health and her um, pelvic floor support. So unfortunately, as we age 
and with various events in our life, the pelvic floor muscles become thin and floppy and weak. This can particularly occur after childbirth. Uh, it can happen um, with menopause. And I think, uh, Anna, you were mentioning to me about um, some hormones you actually use to help the pelvic floor tissues with menopause. Yes, absolutely. I'm really fond of um, using now DHEA vaginal tablets. There's been a, several good research studies looking at using DHEA vaginal uh, suppositories within the vagina on a daily basis, a 5 to 10 milligram dose, so a small dose. And so there's no estrogen-containing effect. There's no concern. So it's safe for young, old, very low systemic absorption. But yet we get the changes noted on the vaginal mucosa. So we get the good, juicy vagina back. So it's been wonderful. But now living in the southeast of uh, the country where it's hot, suppositories became a nightmare trying to get patients home with suppositories, having them mailed. So I worked with a pharmacy and I created DHEA vaginal tablets. And these are now available on my website on my Vita Pura store. And um, it's DHEA vaginal tablets, 10 milligrams. So I usually will have patients use a single tablet vaginally daily for the first month. And then maintenance may be two to anywhere between two to five times a week. It depends. But typically once a day for a month, you know, I've been really blessed. Every woman has come back saying they've had significant improvement in vaginal moisture, decrease in vaginal pain and tenderness. Um, from from dryness or atrophy as we age. So, yeah, so that's been very successful. But I'll also prescribe vaginal testosterone in women that are candidates as well as using estrogen and progesterone vaginally as well. It really is individualized when I treat patients. So that's a wonderful adjunct as well to, or pelvic floor exercises that are a wonderful adjunct to that because we know that, um, I think you can see the slide on, um, the screen at the moment where the pelvic floor actually sinks down. So it, when it loses that firmness and that thickness and that support postmenopausally and, and also too with surgery, um, the tissue is thin. And so if you've got the combination of um, the, the hormone that you're describing as well as the strengthening exercises, you're, you've got a win-win situation, haven't you? Because you've got those, okay. both, both the combined effect um, thickening and strengthening the pelvic floor. So we know that with the exercises, um, the tissues, the pelvic floor tissues actually um, start to, or the, the pelvic floor muscles actually sit higher in the pelvis. That's actually been um, clearly demonstrated in a study last year in Norway. So exercises thicken the pelvic floor muscles and they help them to sit higher within the pelvis. And so the link between um, pelvic floor support and pelvic floor exercise is um, illustrated on this, on this slide where you can see the arrow downwards is the, the pressure from everyday living. So when we cough, when we sneeze, everything we do creates a downward pressure on that pelvic floor. And you can see the pelvic floor muscles here becoming thin and, and less supportive of the pelvic organs. And so we try to get the pelvic floor muscles to actually strengthen and actually support from underneath and actually thicken that. In the, at the same time, we're actually trying to promote pelvic floor safe exercise so women can actually exercise safely without increasing that downward pressure through the pelvic floor. Mm. That's, so that's the link between the two types of exercise. I think it's really important that women are aware for their overall health because we want women to exercise generally as well. We don't want women to feel frightened of their exercise. It's so important for their overall health and well-being. So we want women to understand the combination of how to strengthen their pelvic floor plus how to exercise safely and protect their pelvic floor.
Yeah, and I'm, I'm losing you a little bit sometimes. Connection uh, across uh, continents may be a little difficult, but um, I want to ask you, you know, when we had talked before, we had some questions come in, and we had a question that was um, lovely. It, it asked, you know, when you have pelvic floor weakness, are the bowel, uterus, and bladder all affected, and is it possible to have one and not the other? Yes, definitely. They are, they are potentially all affected and it is possible to have one and not the other. Um, often it can be a sign, say particularly um, women that have incontinence during pregnancy, that can be a, a big sign that there's going to be um, so bladder urinary leakage in pregnancy. This can be a sign there's going to be uh, um, stress incontinence or problems with urinary leakage later on. So there can be some little, some little signs there. But it can, be, it can be that one organ is affected, but what we know is um, the pelvic floor overall um, supports all three organs. So if there's an issue with one, I guess you could say that the others are potentially a little bit more at risk. What do you think, Anna? Yes, yes, certainly. I mean, it's just saying that there's a relaxation of the ligament so that it's very rare to have anything isolated in mm. that instance. So mm. the whole region would be affected. So do to take a very comprehensive approach in the treatment. I agree. Mm. Mm. So would you want to go over so, so um, some exercises, exactly how we tone up our pelvic floor? Yeah, sure. So let's talk about, for starters, how you find your pelvic floor muscles. Um, okay. I'll just move through a little bit. So we'll go on to... Um, yeah, so I've shown, so, so a pelvic floor exercise feels like a lift and a squeeze. So it feels like a lift and a squeeze in and around the anus. It feels like a lift and a squeeze in and around the vagina and also in and around the urethra. And I think some women in the past have thought that it's just a squeeze in that area. It's not. It's a definite lift because we need to lift the pelvic floor organs. The, the pelvic floor muscles are actually called the levator ani, which means to lift the anus. So they actually have a squeezing action as well as a lifting action. So it's internal and it's um, even if you, where you are at the moment, if you can sit on your um, on your buttocks and on your sit bones, you can feel the muscles between that area. That's in and around, where, that's where the pelvic floor muscles lie. So it's not the buttocks, it's not the inside thighs, it's very internal. Then, so when the contraction happens, the pelvic floor muscles contract and you lift, and then you should feel a definite lowering down. And I think the big point to make is that some women will feel a really strong contraction, whereas other women won't feel very much at all in that area. And this is normal, and, the, and I think we've, you and I have talked before and we've made the point that you can strengthen the muscles at any age and at any stage in your life. So just because you're not fighting, you, you know, you might be fine, you can just get a flicker in that area, and that's okay if you can feel a flicker then usually you'll have the potential to strengthen those muscles and improve your pelvic floor support oh yes and remember it's the old saying if you don't use it you lose it <laughs> so we yeah, have to exactly. do our key goals that's yeah. exactly well right. I would always say this is where you corrected me Michelle and this was brilliant really when uh, I would always say you know we need to do our kegel exercises every day every stop sign every commercial break I mean we need to think about doing our kegel exercises every day and you said, whoa, hold on a second. If you do any exercise every day, you're going to wear out that muscle. So, mm -hmm. so you know, that was, uh, you know, my question. Okay, should we be focused on contracting our pelvic floor muscles, you know, every day or the way you're, you know, at some point doing a Kegel 
throughout a pubic coccygeal exercise or pelvic mm-hmm. floor exercise every day, mm-hmm. or should we do it like you know three times a week, like we do our biceps or something? Yeah, I think some of the confusion there comes from Arthur Kegel, and he's the the gentleman that invented Kegel exercises or started using them and investigating them. And when he started um, promoting Kegel exercises, he would advise his his patients to do 200 a day. And so that's a lot of exercise. And and unfortunately, that can fatigue the pelvic floor muscles so that they're actually not doing... If you do that many little lifts and lowers, you're not exercising it as effectively as you could. And we know now that... And there's been some really good studies looking at how much pelvic floor exercise is required to strengthen the pelvic floor muscles. And I might just move through to those guidelines now. I hope you can see them. I'll just get them up there now. Okay. Um, And then also that we don't say Kegels. We really will talk about um, pubic coccygeal. We're like, oh, we can't give our pelvic floor muscles a name to a man. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. That's right. We'll keep That's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, take them back. (laughs) Take back control of our pelvic floor muscles. These are so, our muscles, right? <laughs> that's right. So in terms of our strengthening and our strengthening exercises, really your pelvic floor exercises should be performed. When you're exercising, try to hold each contraction for up to 8 to 10 seconds at a time. So we're aiming for long, slow contractions. And we, we do these in sets just like you'd exercise the muscles in the gym. So if you're exercising a muscle um, like a bicep curl where you're lifting a weight, lifting and lowering it, normally in the gym you'll be told, you know, lift and lower that weight 8 to 12 times. It's exactly the same for the pelvic floor muscles. These are skeletal muscles and they'll strengthen just as other muscles will in the body. So we, then we, what, what we try and do is we strongly we lift the muscles inside and then we'll hold the contraction and then we'll lower them down slowly and then we'll repeat that for 8 to 12 times in a row. That's one lot. When you try to strengthen your pelvic floor muscles, you'll try and do this three times a day and that's every day. But then as you said, Anna, when you've got your pelvic floor muscles to the strength and condition that you want them in, then you can maintain your strength and maintain the strength of your pelvic floor ex- uh, muscles by doing your exercises on alternate days of the week. So um, you can do them one day on, one day off, but that needs to be lifelong. So that right. would be how you contract the pelvic floor muscles. You need to be, when you contract your pelvic floor muscles, and we probably should go this a bit more because we've got some really good tips on how to actually contract and feel your pelvic floor exercises, but lifting mm-hmm. through the pelvic floor and then making sure you relax the pelvic floor muscles and knowing that it can take five to six months of dedicated pelvic floor exercise to really strengthen formerly weak pelvic floor muscles. So it can take quite a long period of time, and we, cl- and we know this very clearly from Kari Bo's studies. She's shown that it can take that, that long for women to, um, to strengthen their pelvic floor muscles. So in terms of, um, I just might move back a little bit. I know I'm going mm-hmm. back a bit, but I just mm-hmm. wanted to yeah. talk about um, some tips for how to find your pelvic floor muscles. And I can, if I can just go back, I'm, I'm moving around a little bit here, and I apologize for that. I'm moving right back. So some women will find that they have trouble actually feeling their pelvic floor muscle. Do you find that with your patients, Anna, that a lot of women will report yeah. not being able to feel them? Absolutely. But, yeah. 
and we know that can be from well that can be as a result of menopause and the muscles weakening it can be a result of um, traumatic childbirth and the muscles stretching and becoming damaged during um, pregnancy and childbirth so there's a number of strategies that women can use that can be particularly helpful to actually feel their pelvic floor muscles identify them and feel them so some of the, the tips that we give ladies and I think in our preliminary little chat that we that we had I mentioned that you could try to flow stop and just to do that once a week as a test only if you can't flow stop, it can be a sign that your pelvic floor muscles aren't working as well as they should. And if you're unable to even slow the flow down, again, that's another sign that the pelvic floor muscles are perhaps lacking in the strength and control that you'd otherwise need um, for, that, for, for bladder control. So you can use that as a test and you can use that occasionally just to monitor the strength or your ongoing strength changes. Women can try to imagine gas escaping and if you imagine trying to stop that in a public place but without squeezing your buttocks by lifting internally through the anal area, that can, that can um, help you to identify where the muscles are. Um, you can also imagine lifting and squeezing inside the vagina. Um, if, you're, if, if it was with intercourse, you could actually even practice this with intercourse and try to lift and squeeze the muscles in and around your partner um, as a way of actually um, local, finding your muscles. You could even, if you, if you still use a tampon, try to imagine lifting and squeezing as you withdraw mm -hmm. the tampon. So you're identifying where those muscles are. And I think... Um, and I know you and I have spoken before about feeling the muscles and actually feeling the perineum. Yeah, uh, can I elaborate on that a little bit? And I think yeah, that's a really useful please, technique. That's so great lady. because yeah, it's so important to be aware, and that's something that we can do with our partner too. In uh, you know working with strengthening the exercises or testing your exercise. So we'll talk a little bit about more partner exercises later. But yeah, mm. let's talk about identifying in the pelvic floor exercises. Yeah. So if you're um, wanting to really feel your pelvic floor, if you lie on your side and with a pillow between your knees. What you can do is using your hand, you can either feel over your underwear or if you feel comfortable with touching that, touching your vaginal area, touch the area between your vagina and anus and that's called the perineum. Now when you do a pelvic floor exercise, you should feel an inward movement of the perineum. So that's that lift and the squeeze inside of those pelvic openings and you should feel that area draw inwards just a little bit. And this is a really useful way of knowing whether you're um, perhaps not doing the right thing because if you feel a bulge downwards, and this is one of the common mistakes women make, the, if the area is pushed downwards, you'll feel, the, you'll feel your fingers being pushed away during the exercise. And unfortunately, some women that do this can actually make their pelvic floor problems worse because what they're doing is they're pushing down rather than actually lifting up inside. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Very so good. that can, that can be... explain it. Yeah, that can be a really useful way. Don't do that. Try not to do that lying on your back because when you reach through, you actually contract your tummy muscles, your upper abdominal muscles, and that everything gets pushed down. So if you go to use it as a test, do it lying on your side. And the other really useful technique that I find with a lot of patients is to teach women how to feel the muscles internally. And it's, it's actually quite simple. If you wash your hands and if you, if you need to, to use a little bit of lubricant on your finger, if you insert your finger just about two centimetres inside the back wall of the vagina, so the wall that's closest to the anus, when you contract your pelvic floor muscles, you'll feel that area lift forwards a little bit. 
So that's part of the pelvic floor hammock contracting. If you use both fingers and insert them a little de deeper, so if you're using your index and your third finger, and if you're, in the, if you're using a clock face type of scenario, we're using a four o'clock and eight o'clock, if you're placing your fingers in those positions, you also hoping to feel the fingers squeeze inwards a little bit. So there's a number of ways you can actually feel the pelvic floor muscles internally, and that's how as pelvic floor physios we're taught to examine the pelvic floor muscles and feel, identify the strength and, and monitor strength is actually feeling the muscles internally because let's face it we can't see them from the outside can we <laughs> only can be sensed inside and I think you were saying to me Anna that you noticed that with a lot of your patients that you know when you're when you're um, examining them um, that right. they're unable to contract right right they may not even be aware of that sen that sensation okay this is where I need to um, contract now there was a good question that we had the other night was how do you breathe when you're doing your Kegels, your mm. pelvic floor exercises? Yeah. So the temptation is to breath hold when, you, when you're doing these exercises. And when you breath hold, you fill up your lungs and the diaphragm gets pushed downwards and that actually pushes down your pelvic floor. So, so that's, that's something we try to, to teach ladies not to do. The idea is to try to breathe normally through your exercises because really, let's face it, if you can't hold your pelvic floor muscles against a breath, how are you ever going to hold them against a cough or a sneeze, the greater downward force? So we want to train the pelvic floor muscles to work as you breathe. So, you know, working, and they, they lift and lower as we're sitting here breathing now and as we're listening, as people are listening to this, they're moving up and down, even in, in that type of scenario. So we want the pelvic floor muscles to be able to lift and against a breath, that's really important. So they've got to lift against a the breath. They should relax fully after the contraction and rest. And it doesn't involve that buttock squeeze and it doesn't involve that inward thigh squeeze, squeeze and particularly doesn't involve an upper abdominal indraw. If you're drawing your tummy in really strongly, it's a little bit like squeezing the sides of a toothpaste container. That when you squeeze the sides in, there's got to be a give point. If you pull your tummy in really strongly, unfortunately for women, our give point or our weakest point is that pelvic floor and it can get pushed downwards. So you might feel a gentle bit of abdominal, lower abdominal contraction, but you shouldn't be um, drawing your upper abdominal muscles in strongly. So that's, there's some tips of, of things to avoid when you're doing your pelvic floor exercises. Nice. So do you think we should yeah. just, review, just review briefly the way to strengthen those again, just that little outline that we yeah. gave? With the, yes, so, absolutely. Great. Okay, so remembering that it is your... Your eight, so doing your long hold. So maybe if we could just practice one now, and I might just talk you through it, Anna. Is that all right? Talk through okay. your ladies through it. So where you are, sit your posture nice and tall. So when your posture is nice and tall, you've got an inward curve in your back, and you contract your pelvic floor muscles more effectively. Now feel the area or note the okay, area. Let me sit up. I was okay. relaxing back here. Vacation. <laughs> okay, I got too relaxed. All right, here we go. Sitting up nice and tall. Yeah, so nice and tall. Inward. Yeah. Good. <laughs> inward curve in your back, so really vital that you've got an inward curve in your back, that your posture is nice and tall, that your chest is lifted. Now, try to try to draw up through the anal area as if you don't want to pass gas in that public spot. What you should feel is a bit of a squeezing sensation, an inward lifting sensation in and around the anal area and then lower down. And then again, try to lift and squeeze in and around the vagina, lifting and lowering down. 
Now, if you can try to do that with the anal area, within and around the vagina, and in and around the urethra, where the urine passes, the, the opening, try to do that all together as you sit tall, and try to breathe throughout. So let's try to do that, lifting all in and around all three openings, lift and squeeze, and keep breathing. Lift and squeeze, and breathe, and keep lifting and breathing. Lifting and breathing, lifting and breathing, lifting and breathing, and slowly, slowly relax the pelvic floor muscles down, have a big breath in and out, and making sure you're relaxing them back to their normal resting level. And I think that's a key point too, that women don't keep those pelvic floor muscles braced all the time. They lift them, lower them to thicken that support to make it stronger, but not to hold it on all the time or the muscles will fatigue or potentially develop pelvic pain. That's really important. So that's the sense, and I won't publicly ask you whether you could feel it, Anna, or not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's great being talked through it, you know. It's been just one of those things, okay, do it, just remember, just remember to do it. Yeah, it's a big help, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You would try to repeat that up to eight to ten, eight to twelve times really, and a number of times during the day. And so ladies might like to start lying on their side because when you lie on your side, you're not having to lift against gravity. So if your muscles are really weak, some ladies will need to lie on their side or on their back or even in kneeling can help on your hands and your knees or with your forearms down on the ground. Those positions, you're not lifting against gravity. To make the muscles stronger, then you start to lift against gravity. So you can go into sitting and then progress into standing. And I often try to sneak some exercises in when I'm waiting. If I'm waiting for the lift or if I'm waiting um, at a shop or that's where you know, I'm busy, a busy mum trying to actually get some exercises, extra, extra exercises into my day. But probably not when driving the car because really you should be concentrating on other things when you're driving the car. But um, that, that's really the technique you use and, and that's how you'd um, progress and know how much exercise you should be doing, Anna. Fantastic. That's great. And then that leads us into um, showing us how to do exercises correctly yeah. so we're not worsening the pelvic floor. Like, uh, you know, some things we think are great core exercises or great abdominal exercises, like you talked about the hundred versus yeah. how we should be doing exercises and other proper posturing during exercises that are safe for pelvic floor exercises yes. as well. Yes. So these are what we, we what we call pelvic floor safe exercises. Um, and I might get you to move through the slides if that's okay. Is that, do you mind doing that while I talk? So, oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah that's okay. So, so with pelvic floor safe exercise, we're trying to match, obviously, the strength of the pelvic floor with how much downward pressure is being placed on the pelvic floor. So... Basically, pelvic floor safe exercise means just that, exercise that's matched to how strong your pelvic floor is. So some women with weak pelvic floors or with really at-risk pelvic floors, say perhaps you've had prolapse surgery in the past or you're a new mum, you've just delivered, you really want to be modifying your exercises and making sure you avoid those types of exercises that could place pressure on your pelvic floor. And so let's have a look at some of those types of exercise. Let's have a look at fitness exercises for starters. And I just wanted to make the point that um, fitness exercise does have wonderful benefits. And we really, you know, in terms of our lung health, in terms of reducing serious disease risk, um, um, helping our, our emotional health and well-being. So these are types of exercises that we want to be doing. But the way to, to know um, how, they're, how they're safe is to actually make sure that you're actually keeping them as low-impact exercises. So a low-impact exercise involves keeping one foot on the ground at all times when you're exercising. If you have both feet off the ground, when you land, 
there's a high amount of impact. And that impact actually forces the pelvic floor downwards. And so if that's repeated, it stretches it downwards progressively and it can cause those muscles to become thin and to become weak and less supportive of your pelvic floor. And this is where some women will actually, who do a lot of high impact work, and this can even be young women, um, can find that they actually develop pelvic floor problems as a result. And we know that with uh, a lot of young female athletes, this can be a big problem in particular. So they develop uh, incontinence at a young age as a result of a lot of high impact exercise. So the types of exercises that they can be doing that are appropriate are your exercises like your walking, your bush walking, your low impact dancing, your social tennis, low impact classes at the gym if you're if you if you go to the gym, but avoiding your high impact classes in particular with a lot of running and jumping. And, and again, this is particularly the case if you're a woman who's at risk, and that means you know you might be someone who's overweight. If you're overweight, there's a lot of pressure on your pelvic floor, and that puts you at risk. If you're menopausal or postmenopausal, Again, you're at risk. If you already have, know you have pelvic floor weakness and pelvic floor problems, then these are the types of exercises not to do and really to modify them to, to keep them as low-impact exercises. Does that make sense to you, Anna? Is that, is that, um, that understandable? Are you there with me, Anna? Yeah, sorry, I had to put the mute button on accidentally because my kids came in there. Oh. Cool. So they're like, they bustled in. So I'm like, mute. Okay, that's fine. And so, that's, so, um, so we can we can right. move on from those to the, then to, to to the weight loss on the pelvic floor because I think that's yeah. that's very much involved in um, pelvic floor safe exercise and also reducing the amount of pressure on the pelvic floor. Yeah. So, so again, to lose weight and to keep and to do this the pelvic floor safe way, it involves our low impact exercises. Try to increase how much exercise you do. So, the American College of Sports Medicine says to actually help manage our weight better, we need to improve the time we spend exercising per week to up to about three and a half hours per week. So that's important as well. There's some sneaky tricks you can use, like if you do resistance training, if you do weights, if you do your resistance training before you do your uh, cardiovascular exercise, you actually help to mobilise fat and burn fat more readily. So that's a really, a really useful little tip. If you um, exercise that's a your great life, tool. Say that again. Yeah. So, we want to so, see when, as so when you go to the gym. So if we're really managing our weight, wanting to manage our weight, if we do our strength training exercises, so let's say you go to the gym or you do your ex regular exercise, if you do your five-minute warm-up, so your, whether it's your five-minute walk on the treadmill or five minutes on the, on the cycle, if you then do your resistance training exercises, your strength training exercises, you'll more readily um, metabolize fat and, mobile and, and, and use you burn up your fat resources when you're actually then going to your cardiovascular exercise after that. So that's how that's just a sneaky way of arranging your exercise so that you actually can burn more fat. I don't know if you've ever been in the situation, but I know I have, where you exercise day in and day out and your weight doesn't change. And often that can be because we're doing the same exercise day in, day out, and our muscles become very efficient at um, using energy. So another way of, of, of actually um, reducing our weight and being kind to our pelvic floor is to actually mix up the type of exercise that we do or mix up the type of low-impact exercise we do. So every session that you do. So if you walk day in and day out, you might find that your weight never changes. But if you start to do, say, one day you might do a 10-minute walk and then you might do a 20-minute stationary cycle and the next day you might just do a cycle and the next day you might mix it up with something else 
And if you're constantly mixing it up, then the muscles become less accustomed um, or become less efficient, really, at burning up that energy. And so it's a really nice way of improving the afterburn of um, our exercise. And that's what we're really after with exercise, really try to in increase the amount of energy that the muscles use after we finish exercising. And I think it's just important to state with that that we all know, I think, that you can exercise all day and not lose weight if you're eating too much. So you've got to really watch what goes into your mouth at the same time. And I think most women are aware of that. Yeah, and that we stay, you know, uh, be aware of what carbohydrates and sugars and eat healthy fats. We were, you know, grew up, I grew up in the 80s certainly where it was, okay, fats are bad for you, and we knew how important they are mm. for us, especially for our hormones. So here you've got some really great pictures of exercises we don't want to be doing or are not mm. necessarily pelvic-safe exercises. Here, mm. a woman doing a deep squat with a, looks like a very heavy barbell. Yes, yeah, so this is a photo that was taken at the 2000 Olympics here in Australia and I think this really well illustrates, one, how pelvic floor problems can affect young women. But if you look at her, she's got a really tight weight belt on, she's straining, she's holding her breath, she's got a heavy weight on her shoulders and she's in a deep wide squat and all these factors load up that pelvic floor. So most of us won't be lifting that sort of weight in the gym but we do know that position with a deep wide squat causes the pelvic floor to be pushed downwards. So even squatting as um, something that women do post-operatively needs to be avoided. So much safer to do a lunge with your one leg forward and the other leg back as opposed to going into a deep wide squat. But if you're doing squats, then much safer to actually put a fit ball behind your back or an exercise ball behind your back, walk your feet out in front. Don't make your squats quite so deep um, and keep your knees close together about fist width apart. So that way you can, you can still be strengthening your legs and still be um, working on your overall strength and, and improving your resistance and your bone density, all those lovely things that we know that come from strength exercise, but not compromising your pelvic floor at the same time. So uh, I think that, that also shows the, the danger associated with breath holding. So we want to actually make sure we breathe out with every exercise we do, whether it's a lift or a lower or a push or a pull in the gym when you're doing your strength exercises. Make sure you exhale because when you yeah. exhale, you breathe out and you take pressure off your pelvic floor. You don't breath hold and strain with any exercise and I think that's really vital for women. Right, and that reminds me to just mention that whenever we have increased amount of gas, stomach, stomach, our abdominal distension, that's an unhealthy gut putting pressure on the pelvic floor too. So that's something we want to talk about. That's where we leap. You know, I lead patients into my, you know, healthy digestion for a glowing complexion, you know, and detoxification programs to really heal the GI tract. But often I see women with a lot of bloating, a lot of abdominal discomfort after eating, and incontinence, you know, and that's the result of it. So, it's Michelle, another... I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that because there's so many patients we see with um, constipation problems and straining with pelvic floor problems. It's just there's such a strong link, and that's been very well established that 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 um, straining to use the bowel, and I and I think to um, straining to pass wind both put pressure on the pelvic floor without doubt, Anna. Right, yeah, and that goes back even to talking about, um, you know, having a bowel movement without straining, right? That's exactly so, right. So, Michelle, do you want to uh, give us a little bit of uh, uh, key on that if you are having a constipated moment? Yeah. How you so should uh, not 
not strain, right? Yeah. So there's a, there's a great technique we we use called brace and brace and bulge. I I have this on my website um, and on on www.pelvicexercises.com.au. I have a short video on it. If ladies would like to see it in action, I'll do there doing the demonstration. Just look up bowel movements. But the technique is again sitting forward, and we need we know that um, ladies need to lean forward with an inward curve in their back. So it goes back to the, and goes back to the days where women we really used to squat. But I think it was Queen Elizabeth wanted us to sit on a throne, so we all had to move up onto a throne. And <laughs> even from then on, we'll, we'll, we seem to be thrown in, into an unhealthy position, which didn't facilitate good bowel movement. So we need to be leaning forward. Ideally, our knees should actually be higher than our hips. So some ladies will benefit, particularly smaller ladies, will benefit from perhaps having a toilet roll under each foot so that their knees are lifted up. Leaning forward, and when you actually go to move your bowels, the lower abdomen should actually bulge forward. If you pull your tummy in, what actually happens is the anal sphincter tightens up. So you can imagine that anal sphincter tightening up, your tummy's pushing in, so what actually happens is you push right down through your pelvic floor. And you can put, and women who have prolapse will know this, often they'll feel the prolapse bulging out of the vagina when they do this. So the key to it is to actually make your waist wide. If you make a like a sound like a snake and you push your waist wide as well as you bulge your abdomen forward. So I sort of picture my middle going into a barrel. So if you make your body into a barrel but really bulge your abdomen forward, when you bulge your abdomen forward, you'll open the anal sphincter and you'll help the bowel movement to pass through. At the end of that, then you draw up through your pelvic floor muscles, lift up through the anal area and restore them back to their normal resting length. And I think I've mentioned to you before about the importance of having strong pelvic floor muscles to help the stool to pass through. So if the pelvic floor is floppy and weak, it won't hold up to support the stool as it actually moves down. But you know, one part of the pelvic floor contracts to hold to support against the stool, whereas the anal sphincter actually opens up and relaxes to let the stool pass. So that's one reason why a lot of women have constipation problems. It's very hard to, for them to release and open up. So that abdominal bulge, that lower abdominal area bulging out during um, defecation or during bowel movements is a very important aspect of, of healthy, keeping a healthy um, pelvic floor. So I'm glad you asked that question, Anna. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great and point well made. Now there are some of these other exercises. You show the, uh, the um, supine squats that... Uh, yeah. Yes, I've actually, isn't it amazing, I've I've actually seen ladies that have had prolapses after doing this exercise, isn't isn't that horrifying? So a lot of ladies will actually, yeah, load up um, the load up the, the leg press and really push heavy weight and this is where it's confusing because some women really want to or they feel they're, they're told that they need to lift heavy weights for their bone density and this is true we know resistance training is, is great for women's bone density but it needs to be appropriate and this type of exercise with a heavy leg press and often your breath hold and strain and push as hard as you can and what you actually do is push your pelvic floor down as well so there's other much safer ways of strengthening your legs as opposed to the these two exercises which really are best avoided, the, the deep wide squat and leg press in particular. And so I've got a, a 10 step guide and I think you've got the link there Anna. Just yeah. for ladies to, to read and to access, this has some really useful, simple, uh, readily understood tips that women can access just to help them strengthen safely and protect their pelvic floor. Things like breathing out with the effort, 
choosing anti-gravity positions. But if you look at that, have a look at that link, um, that can really help women to um, perform their resistance exercises safely without undue pressure on their pelvic floor. And so that link is www.pelvicexercises.com.au forward slash strength dash training dash protection forward slash. So I want to say that again. It's www.pelvicexercises.com.au forward slash strength then a hyphen training hyphen protection forward slash. And that will take you right to Michelle's 10-step guide that she's got available for all of you. And, and then would you like me to talk let's go over some other, yeah, some other exercises that can cause the pelvic mm. floor problems. Particularly the abdominal exercises because, uh, let's face it, that's, that's what women ask about most commonly. We want to know about how to flatten our stomach and how to feel good about our bodies. And um, I think there's a, a big misconception about abdominal exercises and the potential for them to flatten the stomach. Um, and I think you and I both know that it doesn't matter how many sit-ups you do, you're never going to flatten your stomach. You might improve some tone of your abdominal muscles, but it's not possible to spot reduce fat doing exercise. You know, if I lift and lower my arm hundreds of times, I'm not going to not going to reduce weight off that arm. To to actually reduce weight, we need to whole body, you know, reduce weight from our whole body, not just that one spot. And I think core exercise is very important, but it needs to be appropriate for the pelvic floor. Uh, in Australia, there was a, there was been some lovely studies done, and they've actually shown that women that have had vaginal deliveries, when they do a basic abdominal curl or when they do a sit-up, the pelvic floor is actually pushed downwards. So that we know that if that's repeated and the pelvic floor is repeatedly pushed down, it's going to become stretched and it's going to become floppy. And this is where we're finding that women have a scenario of two different problems, either from doing a lot of core exercise that they're actually stretching their pelvic floor, and sometimes, unfortunately, they'll start Pilates to strengthen their pelvic floor. And Pilates, and we'll talk about that in a, in a tick, but Pilates um, exercises, while some of them are just wonderful, others will actually place a large amount of pressure on the pelvic floor. So some ladies will actually find that their pelvic floor problems worsen. On the other hand, some women that have been doing such intense uh, core work aren't able to then relax the pelvic floor muscles. And you might remember I was talking to you a little while about the importance of relaxing the pelvic floor muscles after you've lifted them. So if women do a lot of intense core, core training, and these are women with really intact pelvic floors, they get their pelvic floor so strong that it actually can't relax. And these are women that actually then sometimes develop pelvic pain. They have difficulty having intercourse. Uh, there's a range of pelvic floor and sexual health problems that can develop as a result of having pelvic floor muscles that are actually too tight. So we've got exactly the opposite, muscles being too weak and stretched or muscles being too tight. So the types of exercises that we know that can contribute to this type of problem, I think I've got some of them on the screen there, and I don't know if you want to talk through those. I'm just going to um, go down a little Great. bit. You can, can yeah. you, um, do you have control of the slides, Michelle? Yeah, can you I'll flip just, through those? I'll just take that back. There's a Pilates one on the ball that I want to show you. Um, just having a bit of control of that slide. Can you see the one, the, there's a slide there on... Um, Yes, on the, the ball. exercise on the ball. Yeah. yeah. So if we go through these in turn, um, you can really see her upper abdominals working very strongly in that exercise. 
So that's fine for a woman that has intact pelvic floor muscles. But if she's really drawing in her abdominals very strongly, then she'll push down on push on the pelvic floor. And a lot of unsuspecting women will go to the gym and go to exercise classes and be given these types of exercises by well-meaning instructors who are trying to help them get their bodies fit and in shape. But unfortunately, these types of exercises aren't appropriate for many women to do. Um, if we move on to the next slide there, um, um, Anna, if you can just talk through that one as well, because sorry, I'm just not getting those up at the moment. Yes, oh, this is with, the, the with a ball between her legs above her head. Yeah, Actually, I was just yeah. doing this exercise with my daughter. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, um, that's an exercise that's commonly performed. Aside from being um, potentially risky for women with, with back problems, again, that's the type of exercise that will place a large amount of pressure on the pelvic floor. So anything with both legs raised or anything with the head raised while you're lying on your back, these are the types of exercises that will increase pressure on the pelvic floor. On the next yeah. slide, you'll see women with both legs raised, um, head raised. So they're really exercises to avoid or modify. Now, you can modify this type of an exercise, that one that's on the screen now, by putting your head down and having one leg in the air. So one leg could be in the air, and you can do a lovely combination of exercises with the leg moving in and out, lovely Pilates-style exercises. And if you speak to your instructor at that, she should be able to, he or she should be able to teach you how to do, an ex how to do your Pilates exercises with either both feet on the ground or one leg raised as opposed to both legs raised and this is a way we can still work on the abdominals but not place that pressure on the pelvic floor so that's definitely so let's go over, yeah so let's go over the you know the healthy again some those techniques again the healthy pelvic floor exercises yes. what we need to do you know okay. what we need to involve in that so as a review remembering the first point before you even start um, exercising your pelvic floor is to make sure you can find and you can feel your pelvic floor muscles working. So we talked about those strategies of imagining flow stopping or trying to flow stop, imagining stopping wind, feeling the perineum. Uh, there's another one that you have on the slides there that was involved sitting on a towel roll. And, and, and if I, I think I've talked to you through that before, Anna, but um, the hand towel, if you sit on a rolled up hand towel, um, Often you can feel the openings, and you'll feel the pelvic floor openings lift and squeeze if you can sit on a rolled towel. A little bit like sitting on a fit ball, because that shape melds itself into the shape of the, you know, the, in, into the base of the pelvis. So you can sometimes women can feel better feel their pelvic floor muscles if they um, use that type of assistance. So you need to find your pelvic floor muscles first. When you know you've got them working correctly and when you know that you're exercising them correctly with an inwards lift and squeeze, that's when you can start your regular exercises. So you're aiming to perform your long holds, so long strength holds, lifting and squeezing and lowering down and repeating those long holds up to 8 to 12 times each, each, each set of exercises you do and doing those three times a day. When you're confident that you've got control of your pelvic floor when perhaps when your prolapse symptoms have improved which they will in a mild to moderate um, with a mild to moderate prolapse um, then you can maintain your pelvic floor muscle strength by doing your exercises on two to three alternate days a week just as you would in the gym as you were saying before Anna so that's that's the basic very basics on on finding and feeling your pelvic floor muscles and actually exercising them then we'll go over those uh, ex mistakes to avoid. We want to just yeah. drill that so, in. So the mistakes to avoid are high-impact exercises with both feet off the ground, 
another mistake to avoid is doing really intense strength exercise. And I think if you look at the man next to you training in the gym and, and look at what you're prescribed, a lot of women have prescribed the same, exactly the same program and it's completely inappropriate. Women need different programs. So modifying your strength exercise, look at the 10 strength, um, the, the tips that I've got there. Modify so that you're not straining, so that you're choosing positions that don't involve gravity. Avoiding those intense exercises that I talked about, for example, that leg press exercise and um, that squat. I've got lots of, if, if you visit my website, I've got lots of free information and free videos there for women if they want to access some more information about um, safe strength and exercises. I'll mention, yeah, I'll mention yeah. that website again. It's, so it's www.pelvicexercises.com.au forward strength, strength-training-protection. And I will yeah. also put it up on my blog. And actually, we have a lovely blog from you on my site, too. So at quebecahealth.com, you can visit... Um, and see Michelle's link there as well. I think the final point there is to really avoid or modify intense core exercises. So don't feel that you have to be committed to abdominal exercises to flatten your stomach. Um, know that that's a, a part of flattening your tummy is a part of whole body exercise and weight reduction if that's what you want to do. But the core exercise is still important for supporting our back and those muscles, the tummy muscles should work with our pelvic floor muscles but it's a matter of exercising those muscles gently and appropriately the way they're supposed to be used, their postural muscles and they should work all the time. So I think core exercise could really be modified for a lot of women with or at risk of pelvic floor problems. Did you have any questions there, Anna? Yes, in the last couple minutes of uh, that we have left, I just want to go over a couple questions that we had. Mm-hmm. And one was just a, a major, you know, the concern of if I have a cystocele or rectocele or pelvic prolapse, what exercises are safe to do? Can I hula hoop? Can I swing dance? You know, mm-hmm. um, that sense of frustration and loss with that question really, That's you right. know, I think resonates for many women too. Okay, I don't want it That's to get worse. I don't want it falling out, you know. That's right. And that the exercises you're teaching here today and that you have at your, your 10-step guide mm-hmm. um, will I think, help for that. I so how do you advise? So, um, in my basically half of the book is on this. So half of my inside out book details the safe and unsafe exercises for women to choose and women to and for women to avoid. But in terms of very basics, I think hula hoop is a wonderful exercise. <laughs> it's a wonderful exercise for um, abdominals and wonderful exercise for perhaps the pelvic floor strength too, we, we suspect. But um, in terms of selection, again, it's those basic principles. It's, again, choosing your low-impact exercise. So you'll be safe if you can you know, go for your bike rides, um, do your long walks, choosing your low-impact exercise, um, and also to avoiding anything that's going to make you strain in terms of your strength exercises, so your high intensity weightlifting exercises those are the types of exercises that are going to place a large amount of pressure on the pelvic floor along with those really intense core abdominal exercises and yes please feel welcome to, to visit the website because there's a huge amount of um, free information there for women on the exercises that they can choose and exercises to avoid Great, that's, that's, that's a bit of a brief answer it's such a, that's such a broad area to answer in um, one sentence, but I think if you can keep those basic principles um, as guidelines, that's that's really the way to start about it. Yes, and Michelle, and then there, you know, I mean, I think too when when there's again just to emphasize, so when as a gynecologist and seeing patients with prolapse and 
uh, rectocele and cystocele, there's often a break in the fascia that sometimes we can't fix it. But the stronger we can get the muscles around it, the better support there is in before and after surgery as part of recovery or to avoid surgery altogether makes a difference. And that's, again, where I often will go to using testosterone vaginal to strengthen muscles. And, mm. and patients will tell me their symptoms improve. And that's the key. That's what we want to see. Now, mm. there's another really good question here that we received in from Washington, D.C. And it's, uh, the question is, uh, by Renee, thank you. I purchased some LaSalle Kegel exercises, exercisers. So the LaSalle Kegel exercisers, I don't like the way they feel inside of me. Also, they have a strength and I fear of them getting stuck in me and panic. Can you recommend another device to help you isolate or locate your pelvic muscles to help you do your mm. exercises better? Mm. Mm. Okay. Can I just talk about Lazelle exercises just for a moment? They're, they're, uh, for those that aren't familiar with them, they're three pelvic exercise balls and they're graded as a 28, a 38 and a 48 gram exercise balls. They can be useful for ladies to help them identify and feel the muscles because if you use them standing upright, you should be able to feel, if, if, you, put the, if you put the ball in the right position just above, um, about two centimetres inside the vagina, then you... Often you can feel the string lift and lower. You can be assured that they can't go anywhere because there's the cervix at the top of the at the top of the vagina that actually closes everything off. So you're not going to lose the ball. But I do understand that fear. But the ball can't go anywhere, just like a tampon couldn't be lost. Um, so that's I just to assure to reassure you there. There's quite a number of other exercises on the market. There is a, a, an exercise device called the Pelvic, pelvic Educator. Um, you can see it on my site, and that's a simple device that women can actually use. Um, they, put it, they place it internally, and it's got like a little stick, and the stick moves up if with the correct exercise, and it moves down with the incorrect exercise. So there's those types of feedback exercises around. Um, other types of exercises around are also to the electrical stimulation devices, and we use those for ladies that have really very weak pelvic floor muscles, so if you're unable to get a contraction and often these are used in conjunction with a pelvic floor physiotherapist um, or a continence nurse advisor who can help you use a vaginal probe and these exercises actually contract the pelvic floor muscles but the idea is that you contract, learn, then learn to contract your pelvic floor muscles with that exercise. So there are a range of the exercises around. If you don't like the feeling of the balls, the other alternative is something like the cone. Some of the Aquaflex cones are like a, a long tampon-shaped device, and they can be useful strengtheners as well for women with a not-so-large vagina, not as well suited to women with a larger vaginal space. The, the balls are a better option for those women, but you might find that the cone feels more comfortable, um, Renee, if, if that's a problem that you have with the Kegel exercises. So there's, yeah, there's quite a range of there's a, quite a range of uh, mind-boggling exercises on the market, and I think um, uh, often um, it can be difficult for women to know which is the most appropriate exerciser for them to use. I think that's a really great great question. Oh, there is, and there's been so many, and I want to thank you, Michelle. I hate to cut off now, but um, uh, people can email us more questions. You can email to info at quebecahealth.com. I know we've had a ton come in that we haven't been able to get to answer tonight, but there'll be opportunity to more and follow up. And definitely go to Michelle's website, uh, pelvicexercises.com.au, and um, 